0: What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are going to be talking about the hit film Men in Black, released in 1997 following the somewhat theme of January here at Matt Goes to the Movies of Will Smith hits and One Disaster. Uh, this is a franchise spawned two sequels, um, a standalone sequel in Men in Black International, um, an animated series that ran for about four years. Um, But surprisingly enough, one interesting fact about this and Rob Harrison, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is a movie that Sony has claimed never netted a profit ever for them. I find that hard to believe, but Sony maintains to this day that because of all of the marketing, this movie never netted a profit for them ever.
1: I mean, I remember this thing being everywhere the summer that this came out, like you couldn't Mm -hmm. miss seeing this. Um, but that's, that's hard to believe.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to believe, but you you look it up and it's like, it's everywhere. Like everybody talks about it, that it, it's never able, it has never been able to net a profit, but I just found that interesting, but eh, we're not really here to talk about that. We're, we're here to talk about what we think of this movie. And, uh, you know, I was surprised it's been a very long time since I've seen The first men in black. Um, I've oddly enough seen ones that I really don't like more than I've seen this one. Um, Maybe because it's not streaming. We were talking about that, which is another really odd choice. You can't find this anywhere, so you have to rent it. Or like some of us did, we went to the local library and picked it up (laughs) so that that we could see it. Um, But I'll tell you what, I was incredibly happy to come back and rewatch this because um, boy, this movie's got a little bit of everything and and Harrison, I'll, I'll go to you first. I, I was surprised. This wasn't just strictly like a, a funny comedy movie. Like I remembered it in my head. Um, there was surprisingly some pretty deep stuff in here when I kind of sat back and, and really watched it and I, and digest digested it
2: yeah i have not seen this movie before i've i've realized as i was watching it today i've started it probably like three or four times in the times when it was streaming somewhere which it's not now i remember like being on a lunch break and being like oh i've always wanted to watch men in black and like starting it and then Mm -hmm. you know your lunch break ends and never finishing it um so i'd never seen the whole movie and uh I, and and so like that familiarity was kind of hurting it as a start. I was like, oh, Ben they're done that. And then it got going and I got past that point. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. So I've been I was thoroughly invested. Boy, we're on a roll here for things that you haven't seen. Uh, two for no. two. Um,
0: yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Rob, what did what did you initial kind of thoughts on this rewatch? Was it more than what you remembered or was it what you remembered?
1: So I told the story when we were talking about Independence Day that <clears throat> in the in the old times you know just barely past black and white but before high def um (laughs) you know before everything was available streaming in most cases when you wanted to watch something you just kind of watched what you had in your library so i watched independence day many many times um because that's what was available then uh men in black is another one of those movies that i've seen um you know pre two thousand uh many many times cuz i had it available. If i wanted something funny, i would put this on and just enjoy it. Um but it has been a while since i've i've seen it, so it was a, it was great fun to check it back out. And uh you know, quick story, so i was um running out of time to get my watch finished and so i thought to myself, you know what? I'll kind of just like skip around a little bit. I'll fast forward or you know, maybe i'll I'll you know put it on like double speed and just kind of get through scenes quickly just so I can get through. And if I want to stop and watch something, I'll, I'll go and stop and watch something. Um, I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I I watched the whole thing because it's just that engaging. You know, there's there's not there's not a lot of this that you would you know take the red pen to to remove. Um, this is kind of a hard movie to do other things around the house while it's on because you kind of get sucked into it. There's it's fun. It it just it really held up um, even on this most recent rewatch after years of having not watched it all the way through.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why it holds up, I mean, at least for me is uh, I, and again, maybe you guys will disagree with me here. The chemistry between the two main characters, I think is off the charts. Um, It's certainly a difference compared to what you know about Tommy Lee Jones pairing with Jim Carrey, who he absolutely hated <laughs> in Batman Forever, and you can tell yes. there's no chemistry there. um Boy, these two, Will Smith and, and Tommy Lee Jones, I thought they were great in this movie. It, their
1: partnership seems really believable right from the get go. And I think that's something that you notice with Will Smith as you start looking throughout his career. He does seem to work really well as a partner to another Mm -hmm. actor on screen. If you look at just his early film career, I mean, obviously he was on um, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but then when you really see his film career get started, it starts with Bad Boys, it goes to Independence Day, and then you kind of jump to this, you know, it doesn't really seem to matter who he's on screen with. Then he's got multiple, you know, partners in Independence Day he seems to just really thrive Mm -hmm. when there's somebody else there that's really helping carry that scene. And what's really noticeable here, I think what makes this movie so effective, Matt, you kind of touched on it, but I'll go a little bit deeper. The overall campiness of this movie is so fun. I mean, just the wilder and zanier it gets, the more effective this movie is, the weirder it goes. But Tommy Lee Jones plays the whole thing straight the entire time. Which is what really makes it work. The wackier things get, the more normal he is about it. So that allows Will Smith to be, you know, kind of the the wild guy, mm-hmm. um and and the, the person who's like, Wait, why is this normal to you? And and kind of how we would react to it. And it it's it's perfect. They work so perfectly well together.
0: Yeah, Harrison, what are, what are your thoughts, you know, being somebody who's really seeing this for the first time? Um, I think they do play it well because, you know, uh, Tom Lee Jones's character has been doing this for so long that it makes sense that, you know, um, he's just numb to this or, you know, uh, Agent K, as, as they call him in the movie. I, I thought that dynamic worked really well, where it's like, yeah, man, I've I've been doing this for God knows how long. Like, an alien running down the streets. Nothing.
2: Yeah. I I think it worked really, really well for me. I would, I mean, I feel so left out in like this era of Will Smith that I never participated (laughs) in. And like, I'm sad I didn't, but to date myself real quickly, I was curious. So I looked it up. This movie men in black was released uh, 16 days before I was born. So that's probably why I never (laughs) saw it. Uh, but you know, like, and I feel like that era of Will Smith was just something that I never experienced. And so coming back to it, it he's just—he's such naturally a leading man. He's—he's he's funny and he's engaging and he's—he's he's good to watch. And uh, you know, like, actually, I'm going to save that thought for later. But but the two of them together, I think, is just so great. Like, it's just a weird combo that you wouldn't really think. Like this older guy who's like kind of serious and like not very high energy and kind of like really just like monotone. And then this like really flamboyant guy who's Mm -hmm. young and really, it it, is not a duo that I thought working, but they really just work well together. Like if we're into spoilers, if that's okay at the end of the movie, um, after Tommy Lee Jones, like blows open the bug and they're just like sitting there talking before the Mm -hmm. girl blows it up a second time. And, and Will Smith is just rambling. Like I totally get that that's something that the two of them would do, that they'd go through that crazy scenario and that Jay would just ramble at that point. I I believe it.
0: Yeah, I think... um, And Harrison, like, you look stuff like this up and you're you're super knowledgeable and y- you really go deep into movies and things like that but I often wonder sometimes like you know you you made reference to like this movie was released before you were born and it's taken you this long so obviously you were just lazy as a baby that you didn't watch this um <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but um I often wonder like people who don't know like, especially back then for what his movies made during these time frames, like Rob and I really understand it, that like, you know, when you say like, Will Smith was the King of the box office, like he really was like, you knew if a movie was his, with him was coming out, it was guaranteed a hundred million dollars, whether it be hitch, bad boys, men in black, like, and I often like Hancock. I often wonder like people seeing him now, And if they go back and, like, watch some of his other, you know, his older things, if they're just like, like, why was this guy ever like you can see it like he's an attractive, funny guy like he still has a screen presence. But, you know, let's face it. It's been a long time since he's had movies like these. Um, But I often wonder, like, somebody, you know, kind of like in your age demographic, if sometimes you see him and go like, all right, yeah, but. Boy, th- this guy used to be, like, the biggest star in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, it's it's something that, like, I will say when I was in, like, junior high and high school, I'd have to check the dates. They're not in front of me right now. But, like, I Am Legend and Hancock were huge. Like, mm-hmm. and, and not just when they came, like, for years. I remember people are always, because, like, I just... I'm. I lived in a very strict household. I was not allowed to watch PG 13 movies until I was 13. So I hadn't seen them. And so, like, I remember for years people talking about them and I never could. And I just never got around to seeing them after I turned 13. So I, I think that there's a little bit of that that, like, I caught the tail end of. And maybe that's, like, you know, the parents influencing my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, there's something about him, though, that's, like, carried over that, like, Even if I don't recognize his, like, draw and and movie draw, I, I, like, recognize a legacy that's associated with him, which I'm finally starting to understand uh, because of these movies we're watching.
0: Yeah, and, like, you know, Rob, just kind of a follow-up with that. It, It wasn't even at this time, too, just the movie career. Like, he had a very successful music career during this.
1: Yeah, I think most people knew him from DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince, and then I don't want to say it was a surprise when he really crossed over to become a movie star because he'd been on TV, and that mm-hmm. show did very well, and The Fresh Prince of Bel Air is well remembered um, from that generation. It's probably one of the favorite sitcoms from that generation. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, Bad Boys comes out, um, and you start really just seeing it, and and people are just enthralled. Mm -hmm. um you know by by him um you know you you remember the the single getting jiggy with it that thing was everywhere you could not escape it um anywhere uh you know big willie style was i think 1997 um that was like one of the biggest albums of the 90s yeah
0: that's when people were still buying cds and like
1: everybody had it like <laughs> everybody had it. Yeah. You almost didn't need to buy it yourself. Cause all of your friends already had. It. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he was just,
0: you know, I mean, it's incredible how, you know, big this guy was. Um, but watching this movie though, I mean, for me, I do like, I see it so clearly because he's so like, he's funny in this movie. Like, I think he's hysterical. His, his, facial expressions um you know one of the things too when i like when i was watching this is the scene where they're looking at the autopsy well they're looking at the dead body and she's like any of this freaking you out the guy's he's like Psh, nah like like <laughs> just like everything about it and then when he first is getting introduced after the test um even before that like the stuff he does during the test when he's talking about the girl he's like girl middle of the hood physics books in her hand those are way too advanced for her she's about to start some stuff um you know this aliens just trying to get a pump in and like how would I feel if someone bust a cap in me when I'm on the treadmill like it's so funny because for me every single bit of humor in this it this works like this is it's not laugh out loud hysterical like that's not this type of comedy but it's I constantly just had a smile on my face. Uh, Robin, I'll, I'll, I'll let you follow up on this first, like during this movie. Like, I literally was like just grinning the whole time.
1: And again, these are these are lines that I could almost repeat word for word because of how many times I've seen it, even though it's been that long ago. And every time they I just laugh, mm-hmm. I, I still laugh every single time. Um it's partly his delivery. It's partly just the craziness of the situation, um, but uh, I I I just love watching this movie every time I've seen it.
0: Yeah, Harrison, anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I just that's something that I wrote down, even though they're not lodged into my brain because I don't have the memory you do. There, there's something about like this attitude of movies that is unlike anything coming out these days, where it's like, like. How can I explain this in words that will make sense because the f- thought isn't formed in my brain? Uh, the story in this movie, I'm going to try to explain this here. The story in this movie isn't exceptionally tight. The technical aspects of it aren't exceptionally astonishing. You know, there, it's not like it's a really dramatic performances are the performances much beyond just like, you know, kind of wittiness and, and like, I, I don't know, like basic characterization within the actor that we know, like, it's a completely different vibe of a movie, but somehow doesn't make it bad. Like, I think if you were to take all those same elements and put it in a movie like, I don't know, just because I bought tickets for it earlier today, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. And, like, mm. you took those same elements and put in that, it would not work. And, you know, obviously, that's a more... You know, let's just go Ant-Man, because Ant-Man's a less serious movie. I, I just feel like that would not work. There's something about this attitude and the, the entire vibe around the movie that makes it very different. So when they say those lines, they just work and connect in a way that, that it's like nostalgic, but I have no nostalgia for it. Cause it's new. I, I can't explain it. That wasn't a good explanation, but hopefully someone listening, on, someone listening who has never watched this before and just watched it. They know what I'm saying. <laughs> um,
0: you know, so I, I, I want to piggyback off of that. Cause again, I, my interpretation of this movie is I do see some deeper stuff there. Um, I think some of these performances are not just good because, you know, Rob you used the word campy. Like this movie is campy; it's self-aware, um, which is one of the things that I love about it. But there's small little moments that I go, "This isn't exactly what I remember." Like I remember the lines of dialogue, but the one that I love, and good God, does it ring true today? Is when Kay is outside with Jay after the test. He's talking to him on the park bench and he just says, well, yeah, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky. We're not good as a group. Um, and you, you see that today and I'm like, geez, like how far, like how that message is still so relevant today. Um, like kind of hit me. And then just the line too, when he asked him, like, is it worth it? And he's like, if you're strong enough. And just the thought of like, If this were real, you know, somebody giving up their entire life, like literally just to go like, I'm doing this because it almost might save all of mankind, like legitimately like Rob, if you were like, if you were on that bench and they were talking to you and he's like, you give up contact with everybody. Nobody will know you exist ever. You're in the situation you're in now, your wife, your kids, they somehow will be under the impression like, well, they use the flash thing and you're not flashed as far as we know, but that's no more ever like you go on knowing that you're doing something probably for the benefit of every single person on the planet. But in some regards, those people were your planet, so to speak. Not that we need to get into a deep philosophical (laughs) thing, but like, I think there's actually some really strong messages here um, with these characters.
1: Yeah, um, couldn't couldn't imagine somebody else teaching my kids how to drive a car. Couldn't imagine someone else teaching my son how to tie a tie. Couldn't imagine it. So, yeah, I would turn it down. And I'll tell you what's interesting is I noticed this uh, this time watching it through, you know, he, he sets it up. And it's kind of intended for you, the audience member, to feel like, oh, God, yeah, you would have to sacrifice so much. We're not introduced to anybody else in in Jay's life. Mm -hmm. You know, and I noticed that this time, like, oh, okay, so he's sitting there thinking about this, but we have no context for what it truly is that he's giving up and. I sort of actually like that. I don't, because mm-hmm. I don't know that I want that. I, like, I just want to have fun with this movie. You know, I love the line that you talked about. I had actually written that down as well, because that's one of the, that's, that specific line is like way deeper than this movie kind of has <laughs> any right to, <laughs> right to have a line that, that like really deep and, and make so much sense. I've used a, you know, a, a piece of this line in conversations. I can't tell you how many times when, when talking about society as a whole, um, and, and some of the deeper divisions that people like to talk about, you know, if you're having a conversation with one person who maybe has different views than you in the right setting, you can have a good conversation with that person. But when that person becomes part of the larger mob, you can no longer have a conversation with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I just see so many parallels to our, our, our present day there. Um, but yeah, it's I, I do enjoy that they don't really get into what he'd have to give up. And you contrast that with something like Six Underground, which is this really great movie on Netflix that has kind of a similar thing. Um, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be with us, you have to leave your old life behind. And, and the person that's being proposed this to has a family. Mm-hmm. And that's a very big part of that story. Um, I like that this isn't part of that of this story.
2: However, yeah. I do really like that um, that he sits there for so long. Like, I don't know. Like it, it because I agree that line that Tommy Lee Jones gives about like a person being smart, but people aren't. And then how he walks away, and and Jay asks, um, "Is it worth it?" And he says, "Yeah, of course it's worth it if you're strong enough." Yep. Um, and then he sits there, and like I for that next like you know, time-lapse, whatever it is that's happening, I was really thinking about, like, what would I be thinking about if I were sitting there? And I love that he just sits there, and... Uh, the... um, Oh, my train of thought just crashed and burned. Oh, yeah, with, like, the circumstances within my own life, just unrelated to the movie, I was thinking, like, it's almost like he's testing himself if he is strong enough by mm-hmm. seeing if he's strong enough to sit there all night. Which, like... To be contemplating that about a character's choice that they're going to make in a movie where, they, where later the movie concludes with a character blowing up an alien from the inside with a ginormous gun. Like, that, that is not something I expected. I did not expect to have that contemplation and, like, the effect that contemplation had on me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I apologize for discounting it because it's, it's definitely there. And it, it's impressive how much, like, those undertones continue throughout the movie. Um, which they're, they're really easy to ignore or forget or not pay attention to because you're focused on like the lightheartedness and the campiness. But if you look for it, it's there.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, one thing and it, it works like there's not a lot of tone shifts in this movie. There's a couple, but they work because he goes through and he makes that decision he meets him the next day and he's like, all right, I'm in, but here's a couple of things you found me. So you recognize the skills. I don't want somebody to call me kid or sport or none of that crap. Like, and he's like, all right, well, your skills mean Jack right now. And like, then the sheer wonder in like Will Smith's character, when the elevator opens and he sees this massive building with aliens walking in it and screens and all these things. And it's like, They just play the part so well that like, yeah, this guy that, you know, was like, you recognize me, I'm here, you picked me that I'm being like, oh man, like I'm a, like I'm a little fish in a big pond right now. Like this, like I didn't like, it's almost like I didn't realize how big this was. Like he was just so cocky about coming on and then like he gets humbled again in five seconds.
1: And he's wearing the most obnoxious, like yellow <laughs> suit. Like he went home, picked that as like, I'm wearing this to my first day of work.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, but then you get, you know, from this movie, he puts on this, you know, he puts on the suit and he's like, difference between me and you, I make this look good. And it's <laughs> like classic line. Yeah. All
1: time. <laughs> so and it's usable in pretty much almost any setting you can imagine yeah
0: like it, it's it's just again it's it's a fun fun movie and then it, even too like i i enjoyed going back and when they're when they're in that autopsy scene and he's talking with a doctor and again just like his facial expressions when she's like you know what i like to do sometimes when it's late at night and he's like hmm no like it's, <laughs> like it's really funny and then um the the confusion of like oh I really need to show you something and she's like, oh my god like a woman shows any kind of interest and it's taken into this and like like that you can go back nowadays and watch some of these movies and it's way like inappropriate some of the jokes that they made but I felt like the things that were in this movie like, They still hold up like none of them seem offensive by, you know, what we know today. And, you know, things that are like, yeah, looking back, that really that's really not funny. Like, I don't feel like this like this movie ages really well, especially too. and Harrison, I'll let you I'll let you jump into this first. Um, What ages really well about this are the effects, especially considering we just talked about a Will Smith movie where some of the effects didn't age very well in independence day i feel like this movie held up really really well in a lot of aspects
2: yeah the the first thing i want to say is is kind of combining previous comments about like the depth that this film has and just that entire action interaction that jay's character uh will smith has with uh i forget her name laurel is that the character's name um that he like cares about her, you know, like maybe it's romantic. I don't know. But that, but, but that he's like really um, concerned about the flash thing and how many times she's getting flashed and what, how that would affect someone. Like it's a men in black movie. Like the one thing that I knew about men in black is that they had to stick the flash people in the forgotten memory. Like, you know, you just walk around flashing people. It's not something that, that should have moral consequences to it. You know, we're blown up aliens. We got to flash people. And so it's interesting how, concerned and caring he is for like just like another human you know their relationship goes absolutely nowhere except for they become partners at the end but like romantically nothing happens it's just him caring for another person and i like that you know i don't know i don't know and like even when she was like I there's something i really need you to see and like his apprehension to the whole thing i, I don't know you just he, he's a respectable guy which is you know maybe that's changed for will smith that your your opinion might be different but in this movie, he is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so as far as the effects goes, to get back onto what you originally asked me, I was, like, ready for the effects to be horrible. I mean, that opening scene with the bug, not a great start. Um, but outside of that, I, like, I could... How can I say this the right way? I realize that most of it is practical, um, but they did a really good job at making their practical you know their puppets and their props and their makeup look fake enough at times so when when they did do CGI it wasn't a huge contrast because this movie came out in 1997 you know CGI was at a you know not not where it is today by any means and so the coordination between the prop department and the CGI department is fantastic they're not doing what they're doing these days where you know some prop master makes a prop and then a vfx artist goes in and he races the whole thing and puts his own in yeah you like Mm -hmm. there's a good marriage between the two yeah rob any kind of follow-up
1: yeah again considering it's 1997 there's times where old visual effects are distracting and i'm never distracted by the visual effects in this movie knowing what's capable now i mean even just something as simple as when um he blows off Tony Shaloub's head, you know, and he mm-hmm. regrows the head like that. That effect still works for me. Um, and I think I think what helps is that you're not supposed to take it seriously. So it's not like you need this incredible realism to make it work. Like it's already goofy and just fun anyway. So just roll with it. You know, I, I think sometimes that helps this movie. Yeah, no, I, I do think the fact that like, you
0: do just kind of roll with it um you know it really helps because you know one of the other things about this movie when I was watching it it because I was having such a good time you know this movie like for me at least um it felt like it was over like as soon as it started but not like in a bad way like I was just like wow like I just had a good time and like I am through this movie already, but because I was just enjoying myself so much, like it was almost like it ended too quickly in a good way for me.
1: It's a very short movie. Um, I think it's just over an hour and a half and never feels like wasted time. Never, never feels like there's a wasted scene.
0: Yeah. I think this is one of those examples where it's like, you know, and I, I think, for me venom let there be carnage was a good example of this because that was a very short movie um you know you guys might feel differently but you know this is one of those movies where it's like yet yeah, it probably didn't need to be any longer than this it maybe it wouldn't be as good as I, as i think it is if it was 2 hours long
2: yeah i like there there doesn't need to be a training montage there doesn't need to be you know the the moment where he's in there studying all the aliens and all the weapons. You know, like it's a second day on the job. That's part of the movie, and so like our surprise is his surprise, and it it just works. And like some one of the difficult things is like you you can have a movie that has a great whatever you know throw it in visual effects, story, character, whatever, and and it's great and it's really enjoyable and it's it's. You're invested, but it gets long enough that that amount of time, even if there's no scenes that are like unnecessary or drag, the amount of time just gets exhausting. You know, even if you're invested the entire time, even if you never feel the length until the very end, it's there's something about it that's exhausting. So when the movie's over, the the feeling changes as the exhaustion weighs on you, and and it never happened to you. Like I finished it, and I was like, oh yeah, I like I. I'm good to go. You know, I, I watched my 98 minute movie and, and I had fun and like, I don't know. I was thinking about going to see avatar, the way of the water again, the other day I was like, do I have four hours today <laughs> to carve out? <laughs> nope. Okay. We're not going, you know, like th- there's some things happened, So my schedule got delayed today. And I was like, Oh, I still have plenty of time to watch this. And it, it made it more relaxing to watch, which I think is really needed because this is like a relaxed vibe, you know? We, we, we talked mm-hmm. about it. If you go into this with real serious tone and you're like, you know, you got to relax. You got to lay back a little bit.
1: You know, what's funny about that is like, I was really thinking about this when I saw how much of the movie was left as I was watching it. And, you know, we, we watch movies a little bit differently anymore because, you know, we're watching sometimes two or three movies a week, getting prepared for reviews. Um, and I've really come to appreciate the benefit of, of a shorter film, (laughs) like it really, um, you know, a lot of times people don't understand like totally how podcasting works. They just think that, oh, you just buy yourself a USB microphone at Best Buy and, uh, then ZipRecruiter and stamps.com just back a truckload of money up to your house. And that's just what you do. But there's like a real time investment in watching and rewatching some of these things. Um, so when I realized that this was only an hour and a half long, I was actually like really excited about it. Cause I, you know, it's a fun movie and I enjoy watching it anyways, but yeah, it's, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, this is like some of those transformers movies. This is two and a half hours long. Oh God. Like, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) I did put you guys through that chore. Yeah. And I'm glad those are getting released now because um, they were a lot of fun to, to talk about, even if they weren't a lot of fun to watch it all, all the time. But, you know, it's it, a two and a half hour movie. A lot of times is a chore. It, it's like you really got to devote a significant portion of your day of your waking moments that aren't like getting ready for bed, like going to work, making food for yourself. Like that's a big percentage of what's left when you think about a two and a half hour movie that you're not doing anything else. So yeah, hour and a half, sweet spot. Perfect. Love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, one more of these, like these deeper moments that, that happens is when, you know, when you find out that, you know, Kay hasn't been, um, training a partner, he's been training a replacement. I I thought that moment worked really well too, even though this movie's short, um, You know, the time that they spent and that chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith makes it, you know, makes that end scene really believable. And to me, have some have some significant impact when, you know, he talks about, like, looking at the stars and everything like that. Um, And, you know, that subtle line where he's like, see around. He's like, no, you won't. But then you find out that they're saying he was in a 35 year coma and he goes back to his wife. And it's like, I felt good. Like I saw that newspaper article and like I felt good for his character. Like, hey, all right. Like after doing this for all these years, like he gets a happy ending. No pun pun intended.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It drew me back to the scene when when they're resetting the girl's memory when she's at the morgue Mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, and she needs a new memory. And he's like. A happy memory. I don't know. Like, like if you have... The, I just read something on IMDb as I was reading about it, you know, the trivia that I like to read, talking about how the the Men in Black comics were much darker because they, mm-hmm. the Men in Black were kind of given the ability and opportunity to manipulate and reshape the world however they deemed they wanted to. Uh, the Men in Black kind of have that ability, even if they're, it's not said. You know, like, they are keeping a secret and truly shaping the world how they see... F- is fit uh and to contemplate the power that you have over someone's life is you know do i have that power probably not but it's interesting to consider and how how much influence you actually have for someone to have a happy memory
0: yeah i do that's that's one last thing that i'll that i'll bring up is i love any time that they use the memory stick will smith's interactions with it was especially when they go to the farm and he's like and you know he was never really good for you and he was never really good for you anyway you're gonna go you're gonna get you some shoes you're gonna do all this um like all of his interactions when they do that are to me like those again they're not laugh out loud hysterical but they're just like again i just i get a really big grin on my face
2: yeah i agree so,
0: you know, Rob, you had a a thing, and I think this is probably a, a good way to to segue into this, but uh, unless you guys have anything else that you want to jump in before this, but Rob, you had suggested, is there anybody that we thought like celebrities or, you know, a famous person, like, would you be surprised if they were actually an alien? Um, my I, And immediately I thought Steven Tyler, lead singer from Aerosmith.
1: Ooh, okay, so that's a good one. Um, I had two that I thought of that if uh, if it actually came out they were secretly an alien the whole time. You'd go, ah, how did I not see that sooner? Um, so my first one is Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. You at home, I can tell. I can hear you nodding your head. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Um my second one is Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. My she's just like she's super talented and kind of weird and kind of offbeat a little bit. And yep. it's like, wow, that's that's a lot. That's a lot for a person to be able to do. I so bet you you're actually an alien.
0: I had two more. Um Mickey Rourke. OK, yeah. And then Aubrey Plaza. Oh, OK. Good ones. Yeah.
2: Like because she's um the two that I came up <laughs> with.
0: No, yeah. No, I was going to say cuz like she's really quirky. Like if you've ever seen her interviews, she's we- like she's weird in like the best way. Like I find her hysterical.
2: Um two of them that I thought of is uh Snoop Dogg. I would I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh and yes, no, uh, then the other one much. No, no. And, like he's just, you know, he's like an alien that's committed. That's, that's lived his life in another galaxy and has come to earth to retire. And he's just working on his bonus levels now. Like, you know, <laughs> it has been his whole life. <laughs> so, uh, and then I'm more that I have is, uh, I don't know if you guys who know who this guy is. Someone brought him to my attention the other day never heard of him before this uh but nikakado avocado uh if you don't know just don't fall down that rabbit hole it's not worth it but if you do <laughs> know he is an alien like i'm not it, it's not it's he is he just is you know so
1: another one i just thought of um i don't know if you guys watch this show ancient aliens on history channel but you've definitely seen the memes of the guy that's got the crazy hair Giorgio sukolos yes uh, it's like, everything is aliens like that's his explanation for everything that dude's gotta be an alien because he's hiding in plain sight. Because who would suspect that the guy that thinks everything is aliens of actually being an alien? I'm pretty sure that dude's an alien.
2: You know, I think his partner's probably Bill Nye. Ooh. <laughs> what about Nicolas Cage? Do we think
0: Nick do we think Nicolas Cage.
1: Uh, I think there's a good I'm, I'm kind of wondering about Elon Musk right now or
0: is you know what or is Nicolas Cage the guy from Independence Day that actually got kidnapped by aliens so that's why yeah. he's so <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's so messed up <laughs> probably yeah that's <laughs> uh, yeah, I God with everything go- like would you be surprised honestly no I, I would be more shocked I- in this world today if a money tree popped up in my backyard, then an alien actually like knocking on my door. Yeah. As long as they were friendly. <laughs> yeah, then true.
2: <laughs> but
0: any other, any, any other honorable mentions?
2: Um, Wait, I'm trying to remember his name. Hold on one second. Uh, I got to look thinking, him
1: up. If you found out that Billy Eilish was actually an alien, would that shock you? No, that wouldn't no. shock me. No. Not at all.
2: Hmm. Um what is his name? No, it's uh it's the wrong movie. I know what movies he's in, so I'm like trying to IMDb really fast.
1: And legit, like, are we convinced Pete Davidson's not an alien?
2: Oh no, he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there
1: you go. Okay, okay.
2: Um Steve Buscemi. Buscemi? Oh, I was yeah. going say his last yeah, name.
0: him. Okay.
2: okay. Yep. Um, also, like, relaxed more recent matthew mcconaughey like i think matthew mcconaughey oh. was a human who lived his life you know and then like the last th- three years has been swapped out for an alien
0: you know i i'm surprised that maybe you didn't mention this guy harrison um what do we think about john tuturo
2: oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: definitely an alien like, that's
2: why he's in the transformers movies so yeah like with him. he actually
1: he rolled
0: on set one day like yeah <laughs> like yeah but oh geez yeah there's yeah i, I wouldn't be apparently surprised. john Turturro
1: was offered the role of egger um in uh, in the movie before it ended up going to vincent d'onofrio oh really mm-hmm. yep huh interesting i think he could have done that he would have been good as an egger
0: yeah you know uh, all kidding aside with that guy too like his goofiness in the transformers movies you see him then in the batman and it's like yeah no you're good like he's good like he's he's amazing he's he's talented
2: um I, i as i was editing the uh the last night episode just while we're on it super quick uh when we got to leeson likes over on the basement binge and i was talking about my favorite scene I enjoyed listening to myself describe it so much. I went back and watched the scene again and just had a hoot by myself. (laughs) You watched
1: a scene from the last night on purpose. John
2: Turturro, you know? So yeah. Wow. Boy. -hmm.
0: Um, So are are you guys aware? um, And I think this is so Harrison, I'm going to assume you've never seen the second, the third movie for this. Um, Have you seen Men in Black International?
2: I have not seen International. I've seen one of the other movies. Um,
0: Is it the one with Josh Brolin in it?
2: I don't know because I've only seen part of it. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to reveal probably too much about myself. But which one of the Men in Black movies is the one where like this alien goop thing that's kind of like Venom lands on Earth and like crawls around? And then sees like a magazine cover and becomes like a girl in like a bikini and then like eats someone and looks like she's pregnant. It's like in the, uh, literally the opening of the movie.
0: I think that's the third one, is it not? Because then she goes and breaks somebody out of prison.
2: I think so. I, think I don't remember.
0: I think that's the third one.
2: Um. So here's why I remember that. Uh. We were at my grandma's house one time, me and my cousins. It was late at night all the parents were doing something. So we were trying to find something to do. So we turn on their TV and just like on TV was men in black three, whatever, whichever one it is that one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember watching it. And like the reason that scene is so frozen in my brain as a kid, I was pretty young. Like, I remember when that scene was happening, like being super stressed out that one of the parents were going to walk in and like yell at us. Cause we were all <laughs> probably like seven, maybe I was the oldest. I was probably like eight or nine. Um, um, so yeah anyway i just remember that huh. and then like i don't remember much else about the movie i remember some events and like i remember the black suits and the super shiny guns and the flashy thing but other than that i don't remember much because like okay random story because the other thing that was on was the uh uh i forget what it's called the uh, miss america pageant and my cousin who had the remote my younger cousin i won't say his name so that people who know him don't know it was him uh but he kept changing the channel between men in black three and the miss america pageant waiting for it to be like the bikini section and so we he just kept switching channels and then it finally was uh to the bikini section and my grandma got walked in like right as he switched to it and he we all got in serious trouble and then it turned off the tv and so we never got to finish men in black
0: Oh, my God. That's I'm I'm glad we shared that. Um, <laughs> um, Rob, have you have you seen the second, third and the fourth movie? Definitely not seen international. OK, uh, the reason why I just brought those up is the, the biggest, as you know, we're talking about the Men in Black movie, but just kind of a quick thing on the series. The biggest missed opportunity for me for Men in Black is not that we didn't get a fourth one um with like will smith in it is the fact that there was legitimate it was when sony got hacked and it was leaked that they completely cut out the crossover with 21 jump street that would make good that was that was a legit thing where people were writing the script um they had it um and yeah, it was it was going to be a crossover between men, men in Black and the the 2122 Jump Street series um that would have taken into account those two movies and we would have gotten a, a crossover of those two. I
1: I think that could have actually been really good. You know, talking about uh duos that just work really well on screen together. Uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill together was so good in both of those films. I, I laughed really hard. I, I would have watched that. I would have liked to see what they did with it. It sounds like when, when you say it, it's like, oh, that sounds like it's cool. But if you stop to think about it for like just another couple of seconds, you go, how would that work? I, I don't know. I mean, it could could have been awesome, but it also could have been awful.
0: Yeah, it to me there is like that's one of those movies where we've talked about there's no middle ground. Either the concept is so like it just does not translate and it's so bad that you're like, Oh my god, or you go, This probably shouldn't work, but holy cow it does.
1: Like yeah, to me there like were, the Jetsons crossing over with the Flintstones.
0: Yeah. Like there there'd be no middle ground for that kind of crossover.
2: But um something that is in my brain now, this is thinking of crossovers, is <laughs> as I was, I was researching because you said this movie's never made a profit. So I was like, I have completely fallen down the rabbit hole of this movie's <laughs> finances. <laughs> I knew uh, you would. <laughs> at some point, Men in Black 2 and Spider-Man were released as like a single bill ticket. So you could get mm-hmm. buy one ticket. And so then I was like, you know what? That would have been a cool crossover between like Spider-Man and the Men in Black. And like Venom coming to Earth was the two <laughs> things that brought them together. And that'd be kind of fun. Well, but, if, but Sony saying this hasn't made them a profit is I, they need a new accountant. I, you know, yeah. are, is he laundering money? There's like millions of dollars missing.
0: Because you would think like between the, you know, the DVD sales, Blu-ray sales, whatever else, when it was able to be rented, um, you would think it, it, it would have made it, uh, a profit because it was only okay. the budget was only 90 million and it made 584.
2: Yeah. Okay. Here's a brief look at the rabbit hole. Ninety million. It made over five hundred million worldwide. Two hundred fifty yep. million here in the U.S. alone. All right. Uh, also, just a little side note: in twenty twenty, they did a re-release in Australia. It made three hundred dollars. Three hundred four dollars. Uh, which I think is funny. I think, think, <laughs> think international, like world uh, international, was like
1: three eighty seven. Was it not? Uh. No, I,
2: wait. Yeah. Men national uh i
1: think it was seen by 387 people.
2: <laughs> i had that somewhere and i lost it in all my tips <laughs> i have open uh but between like from now and when was this written like 2008 or something like that 2012 yeah uh on like between like netflix dvd rentals itunes and then google rentals the Men in Black made $10 million, right? So there we got another $10 million. And then in DVD and Blu-ray sales alone for the year 2012, because for some reason it's the information's available for that year and none else. Uh, Men in Black alone made uh, $8 million. So there's $18 million in Blu-ray sales for two years there or one year there. So you know, anyway, there's a brief look into the rabbit hole. I've been falling down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it's a it, it was a weird thing that I found that I just I was surprised to hear. But uh any other final thoughts from either of you guys uh on this movie?
2: The music is exceptional. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the movie started and I was like, wow, this music is good. This is not what I expected. And then it said that it was Danny Elfman. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I was I just like, I don't know. I just miss movie scores like this that are so like campy i don't know it's good
1: it's it fits the tone really well and, yeah and um they, you know they really go hand in hand it's hard to think of another way to have scored this
0: yeah no i i definitely love the music so let's let's cap this off with with popcorn time and talk about how we how we rate this and I'll just go first again. Um, Very similar to Independence Day. Uh, This is two for two on Will Smith movies for me that actually get five buckets. I really have no complaints about this movie at all. Dialogue, pacing, uh, CGI characters. I I just, again, I had a blast with this movie. I I really just had a, a really good time. And this movie like relaxed me. Uh, like rob you you kind of alluded to that earlier i I just felt so relaxed watching this movie um which is fun sometimes i don't want a movie to like get me on the edge of my seat in terms of like nervousness like rob we talked about that with the last of us where there were things that i was like actively talking at my tv knowing what was going to happen but like i was so stressed because i knew what was coming i was like well, if I talk out loud, this scene won't happen. Like I'll change, I'll change their fate. It's an interactive show. Like, um, So yeah, for me, just the simple fact that I could sit there, relax, have a good time and just unwind. um, It it, it gets a five for me. So uh, Rob, I'll let you go next.
1: Uh, It's an easy five. Um, If you don't score this movie as a five, listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You're just wrong.
0: So here comes Harrison with a four. Gosh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I guess I'm wrong today. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. You're just wrong. Uh,
2: well, does it even matter what I say? It's five buckets.
0: Right.
2: That's. Funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I would say, for me, I think like not having nostalgia for it uh, kind of makes it not as magical. If that makes sense. Uh, you know, it just doesn't like I don't know bring what it brings to for you guys probably. Uh, and by no means is because it's bad. I, yeah, I would I'm gonna give this like three and a half buckets, like it, it, and I I think it's just because like there's you know actually I take that back. Why not four buckets? It just gets four buckets. You know, five buckets I'm gonna reserve for something special. I don't know. Have I given anything five buckets yet? I'm not sure, but four by is where i'm <laughs> stopping this rant. <laughs> it's not making sense.
1: There is 100% something to the idea that certain films get scored certain ways by certain people because of the nostalgia factor and that's 100% at play here, but i still think i still i stand by it that it holds up, but um yeah, there's there's certainly some nostalgia at play.
2: I will say to to confidently and and really genuinely be giving this four buckets is a surprise to me. I was thinking I was going to give it like three before it started. Not because I expected it to be bad, but I I don't know. Sometimes like movies that you didn't grow up with and that are older, mm-hmm. like they just don't don't deliver for the way that they they do for others. And this has a lot that it delivers. Yeah, it'll be
0: interesting to you know a- as we keep going. Um, Because Harrison, correct me if I'm wrong. um, We've we've got Hancock. We have I am legend. And, you know, we still have wild, wild west um, still to come. Have you seen any of those movies? Because I know when we talked, you were like, I've realized how much I really haven't seen the movies that are on this list.
2: Um, Yeah. So the only one that I've seen is I am legend, which little sneak peek into my brain for I am legend when that's happening forever ago when the basement binge was still hosted by three people when it started we watched i am a legend and i did not like it um, if you want to know why go listen to that episode it's really good but so then i promised myself that a year later i would watch it again and re-review it but a year later those two other hosts abandoned me and like the show had to <laughs> totally redesign itself so i've never went back to watch it um, and so like this is almost like the basement binge coming full circle and i get to re-evaluate with my two other co-hosts now. Um, and uh, I'm curious if I'm going to like it more. I- yeah, so anyway.
0: Yeah, Rob, have you... Um, I I automatically assume that you've seen both Hancock and I Am Legend. Um, yep. Ha- have you ever watched Wild Wild West? Or did you just not put yourself through that?
1: I've seen it once. Yeah. And I thought prior to... Um the uh, programming director making the call for what we were doing all this month. I thought that that was the exact number of times that I would have seen. <laughs> nope. I got one more in me.
0: I've uh, honestly, I've done this to you so many times. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't gotten a new phone number. Like I just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: like, <laughs> so, um, you know, Rob, if you can watch matrix resurrections twice, you can watch anything uh, twice. And you he- did that to yourself.
1: Yeah, honestly, he's he's one Green Lantern suggestion away from getting blocked
0: <laughs> <laughs> and coming up in February is. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, um, I, I'm really interested to uh, to go back and, uh, you know, rewatch because I Am Legend has been a very, very long time since I've watched that. Um and the spoiler alert for I Am Legend, the very first ever on screen suggestion of Batman and Superman in a movie together.
2: Yeah, and, I remember that. Did, didn't they like I'm not going to get into it. That, it anyway. that
0: can be. But that was that was supposed to be a seed that was in the works at the time that I Am Legend came out and that was supposed to be a seed for Batman v Superman. So um I remember I I remember the the thoughts in my head when I was like, why the hell is that in there? Um, Because it took me it took me by surprise. But um, that'll be a topic for for that movie review. So um, we're going to end our review here of Men in Black. But before we do, uh, Harrison, you gave us an update on really what's coming. So, you know give our listeners who might be familiar with the basement binge or are looking for, you know, something else maybe to fill some airtime as well. Um, in their daily life, you've got some interesting stuff coming up here.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So the two movies that were left in the transformers binge, the last Night and Bumblebee were just released, uh, finally about five months later. Um, and then coming up at the beginning of the year in January and February, Um, I always do something I call animation hall of fave because I love animated movies. So it's a chance to just view a bunch of animated movies consecutively. And I had so many, I was trying to plan, um, and so many that I wanted to watch. And like, I had to cut the list so many times because there's so many good animated movies. It's going all the way into April this year <laughs> um and, and part of that is because in april there are some animated movies coming out in theaters so yeah animated movies over at the base binge you can look forward to including the how to train your dragon trilogy which we reviewed last in, in the, the beginning of 2022 it will be coming out a year later uh because 2022 was nuts for me so yeah animated movies that i'm really excited about it's going to start with puss and boos the last Wish. last wish excuse me which is great. Uh, that I really enjoyed. And then some, you know, Pixar classics, other animated classics. And, uh, you guys will be joining me for some of those. I'm excited. So you can look forward to that. Uh, good stuff's happening. It's so exciting to be reviewing episodes again. Like I was giddy planning this and like that, this is actually happening. Very
0: cool. Rob, um, you know, uh, yeah, we're going to certainly be joining Harrison here for some of those episodes, but, uh, but, besides you know we've got some some stuff still coming up here um yeah i'm i'm just really excited about what we're doing we've gotten some giveaways we just gave away geez one two three uh six copies of of movies to listeners and have plenty more so uh just let listeners know where they can you know get things for Matt goes to the movies and sign up for giveaways
1: Yeah, so definitely make sure you are subscribed uh, to the show because that's the easiest way to get notifications when new episodes drop because there will be new episodes like crazy this month. So <clears throat> the continuing Will Smith marathon, like we mentioned, uh, will continue with I am legend Hancock and wild wild west uh, interlaced in there. We are going to continue to bring you, uh, it'll be recorded on Sunday night. So it'll be ready for you Monday morning on your way to work or school uh, for the last of us all the way through the end of the season, which um, the first episode gave us a lot to be excited for. So Uh, If you're listening to this and haven't checked out um, that show yet, uh, can't recommend it enough. I think it's going to take us for a ride. And uh, I, I think that it'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, you'll be able to listen to our breakdowns. It'll be available very late Sunday night or early Monday morning, depending on whatever time you get up. But in the meantime, uh, make sure you connect with the MGTTM podcasting network on all of your favorite social media platforms. You can find the show on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, as well as the Facebook group. Uh, not on LinkedIn yet, but you know, eventually. Uh, you can also email the show mgttm podcast at gmail.com. It's just the initials for Matt goes to the movies podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. And that's how you can participate in a bunch of different uh, free movies that uh, Matt is able to give out from a variety of different sponsors. So thank you to the sponsors and thank you to you, the listener.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to you guys for joining, uh, you know, what we're doing here at Matt Goes to the Movies. Look forward to joining Harrison for for his shows. And yeah, ultimately, just thank you from, you know, all of us. Thank you to the listeners that download the show, interact with the shows. Uh, it's really appreciated. So until next time, we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.